Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Zen Parenting Radio. We got two topics that are similar to one another, correct? They, they blend. They blend. Um, talking about disengagement. Yes. Which is kind of a big word with a lot of syllables. It is. Disengagement. And I actually took it from uh, Brene Brown's book um, called Daring Greatly, which I know a lot of people are reading. Um, but I, it's really not the the core of her book. Her book is really about vulnerability and shame, but there was a few pages talking about disengagement. And I think it's a super think, important uh, thing to understand in a partnership or as a parent. Okay. And then the other thing? The other thing comes from one of our listeners and it's a man. And it's funny because in the last month or so, there's been this theme that we've talked a lot about violence against women and how important it is and everything. Well, and and uh, the act, the Violence Against Women Act, is yeah. that what it's called? I always forget. It sounds right. But anyway, it passed in the Senate. Right now, it just goes, it has to go it's to the passed House. in the House. But anyway, as you said, we've been talking. So we've been about talking it. a lot about that, and I've gotten some pushback from some, from some close friends saying, you know, it's not all our fault uh, as men and males. And then I got a. Um, some correspondence from one of our listeners, and he basically said the same thing. He he doesn't mean to um, soften the importance of violence against women and all that, but um, maybe we can share our thoughts on balancing out that view because there is some abusive women out there. Yeah, and it it um, there's victims, there's husbands, there's sons, there's daughters, and sometimes it's a little more subtle. And I don't mean that it's not as dangerous. It's mm-hmm. just as dangerous. But sometimes because in a, a typical situation, a man is bigger than a woman or overpowers a woman or may have some kind of stronger force or whatever it may be. So we look at that and we think, how could a woman ever hurt a man? But she can uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And a lot of times that's not looked at as being... Um, common. A big deal. Yeah. Or, you know, how, how can a girl hurt a guy? And, and that's crazy. And it's crazy because... Of course they can. What, what we always... Even from... Let's go back to the man being abusive towards women. You've even said, I think maybe in your classes at Dominican or whatever, but how the physical sometimes isn't even the worst part. It isn't. It's the emotion. The physical you can actually see. Right. So everyone seems to understand it and we kind of get our arms around it. And I'm not saying it's normal by any means but it's it's something that is accessible right Mm -hmm. the emotional scars and emotional abuse and any kind of um uh, verbal abuse uh those kind of internal damaging um Mm -hmm. internal damage yeah you can't see it and so it's hard for people to understand it and it's it's almost like you watch someone deteriorate before Mm -hmm. your eyes right and that is very often a female issue, but just as often a male issue. Because right. there are women out there who are very demeaning to the men in their lives and are sometimes physically abusive. Yeah. You know, they may not hurt them to an extent where they they have to be hospitalized, but they're hurting them. Mm-hmm. There, it's um. And, and and as a guy, that's a no win situation. Yes. I mean, the only thing you can do is defend yourself, but obviously you can't fight back if you're a normal guy. You can't fight a girl. Well, and if you did. You'd, you'd be going to jail. Exactly. And and the female could go to jail as well. Like mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, this is both sided, but I think your point is taken in that if domestic abuse cases are it typically... Goes both ways. Right. But when there is a police officer that comes, 
it's much more likely that a male that is going to be arrested. Go to jail. Yeah. Um, and again, there's reasons for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can't fail to look at the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we always try and do on this show is balance. Mm-hmm. It's like we, you know, um, women tend to, this happens more often to them, yes, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen to men. Well, and I'll make sure that I'm uh, cautious in not sharing any personal information. But I had a friend who told me a story one time of, you know, we all have... Uh, stories about you know if our parents fought and we told the stories with one another and my one friend told me a story about how his mom would just verbally abuse his dad mm-hmm. and she would like throw stuff and she'd like break glasses and all that and i remember asking him like well what did your dad do and he's like my dad just he would clean clean it up Aww. and then leave that's heartbreaking and that was it and yeah it's so i you know i don't really even know where we're going with this topic other than just to balance some perceptions out there. Well, and this is what I'll say. Okay. We can share something. For, I think most of our listeners, this isn't going to be an issue, but for the women out there that think it's okay mm-hmm. to be disparaging to your husband behind his back or to his face, or you think it's okay to hit him, or you think it's okay to throw things at him or make him feel small or weak, right. you're not right. Right. I mean, I can say that just as, you know, just because he doesn't react to it or you think it's funny it's not. Mm-hmm. It's harmful and painful. And that man that you love or that you're with um, is was a boy once, a mm-hmm. little boy. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, just because he acts a certain way on the outside doesn't mean it doesn't hurt him on the inside. And um, I just think that, you know, we can just say that very matter-of-factly. I think there's a lot of women who think it doesn't matter what I say to him. He can handle it. And I beg to differ. Right. Well, and once again, I have to be cautious by what I say. But uh, not too long ago, I witnessed a woman verbally abusing a man. Mm -hmm. And a man... You were in the presence of this. I was in the presence of this. And they were grown. And they Mm -hmm. were grown, mature adults. And it was interesting to see the man the terminology we use he went back into child mm-hmm. and if you can maybe explain what that means in back your... into child just means that you regress um to a state of being that you were like when you were a kid you can almost see it on someone's face where they they're like they kind of go inside they look smaller like you look at them and they actually look like a kid right and they in their mind and in their spirit go back to a time where they had been abused or or maybe just where they were afraid right doesn't have to be that they're being traumatized again but they were afraid and they they go back to that place and they act like a child well and i saw this this mature adult man uh getting verbally and emotionally abused and i swear it i I saw and i don't know how to describe it but i felt a difference in energy from this man in that moment something changed he went from a mature adult to a five-year-old boy and I, it was just shocking to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without divulging too much personal information, I, in a way, I was almost grateful that I was a 40-year-old man witnessing this because I had the ability and the wherewithal to kind of make a stance in that situation. Stand up for him, yeah. Stand up for for this. Uh, and, you know. and you don't stand up for someone by ripping on the other person or by making the other person feel feel horrible you stand up by saying i will not sit here yeah. and listen to this this is not okay right and so that's the thing is we we miss we think that standing up for someone means abusing the other person right. i mean obviously we're talking about 
situations that are not violent and you know there's obviously there's a differentiation there but you know just saying this is not okay i'm Mm -hmm. not going to sit here for this or this is inappropriate or you know just making a stand instead of you also going into child right yeah i I was able to step outside of it and you know um it's i i guess i was grateful because I don't think I would have the strength to do that as maybe a 20-year-old man or a 10-year-old boy or a 5-year-old boy or whatever. Never. But, um, and it's just funny. And, you know, we've said this on the show before. And uh, if anybody can learn anything from us today, it's, you know, and let's talk about children for a second because this is a parenting show. I know parents disagree a lot, but we need as adults figure out how to disagree respectfully. Mm-hmm. And I know that that doesn't happen all the time and i ask the other parents out there because we have plenty of disagreements but we are blessed enough to have a relationship to where we can disagree respectfully Mm -hmm. and we don't you know yell at each other and Mm -hmm. verbally abuse each other because it does affect the children in a way that i don't think many grown-ups can understand yes if the children are witnessing it or hearing it, or even if they're in their rooms asleep, they hear you. <laughs> figure out a way to do it in counseling or figure out a way to go outside or figure out a way to do something other than the yelling and the screaming because it does affect. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the point I want to get across. And figure out a way how you got how you can, and this could be your partner or this could be anybody else in your life, where you can have this conversation and say, let's not fight this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out another way to fight. And if we can't, and when I say fight, fighting is normal. Meaning you, di- I'm using the word fight, meaning disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Like where you may have an opinion, they may have an opinion. It needs to be talked through. Right. You know, sometimes you can get frustrated. It's a normal emotion. But let's figure out a way to do that in a safe way where we can hear each other, not respond with with anger may come up, but let's not react from that place. And you may need some support in doing that. You may need some coaching or counseling, but that's well worth your money. This mm-hmm. is your lifetime we're talking about. This well, is your, this is the future of your children's emotional health. And the future of your partnership. Right. You know, this is when people are like, I don't have time for that. I'm like, well, what do you have time for? Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't understand that right. kind of perspective. Right. I don't have time for that. You know, we've got this going on and this going on. You won't even have that anymore mm-hmm. if you don't take the time to figure out how to discuss things. First things first. First things first, man. Yeah. Stephen Covey. That's right. Big rocks first. Um, what's funny is I wrote down, because we're going to talk about the term disengagement yeah. in a way that it's not good, but I'll explain why disengagement is good. If your partner starts screaming at you and it's in a disrespectful situation, we always talk about how something has to shift in order for something to change. Somebody has to make the choice. Somebody has to make the choice. So in those instances, disengagement is actually a good thing right. where you don't meet that arguing with more arguing. You remove yourself. You disengage from that conversation. Doesn't mean you disengage from the partnership. Right. You disengage from that conversation. Or the language I like to use is uh, you don't play. Right. And you know what? We have to say something about our partner because we haven't brought them in. Um, Partner number one is Helping Hands Maid Services. And they do maid services all throughout the western uh, suburbs of Chicago. And they, this is a few bullet points on them. They've been in business since 2001. And they do 11,000 cleans each year. Wow, wow, wow. It's a lot of cleans. So obviously they're doing something right. Right, they've been in business a long time, peeps. Helpinghandsmaidservices.com, 630-530-1324. Gosha is uh, the president and a really good businesswoman and a good friend for that matter. So give them a call if you want to help yourself by getting uh, some help in the house. 
So should we venture into disengagement or do you want to say anything else about verbal no, and emotional abuse? Other than I just I would like to hear other people's thoughts on it in the form of uh, emailing or comments on our Facebook page to see if you think we're off our rocker or if you think we're in agreement or whatever. Yeah, well, or just, you know, a situation that that you wonder our opinion about. Because I don't, do you really think we're off our rocker on this one? Don't you think this is kind of a pretty cut and dry situation? No, I think some people would be like, it's healthy to argue. And Oh, you're talking about that? I thought you were yeah. talking about emotional abuse. No, no. I think that there's a lot of people that But it is have, healthy to argue. We said it is. Well, I think people would be like, hey, man, it, we need to let it out. We need to not bind up our emotions and in the moment... And if the kids hear us yelling, that's okay because this is a real world where people yell at each other. Mm, okay. So, no, I think there's plenty of people out there that think we're off our rocker. Well, I'll tell you guys Or, or they think that we're being unrealistic. They don't think it's possible to do it because it's so a part of their marriage. Right. That they're like, what do you Everybody think? fights. That's how I communicate. Not only is it a part of their partnership, but they probably grew up with it. Mm-hmm. So it's something that that's what they consider a part of partnership to be disagreement normal you know if you're agreeing on everything then there's a disengagement right there you know the fact that no one's really speaking their truth but arguing with a sense of respect for the other person's opinion is a very different thing right and so and what that means is listening slowing down taking a deep breath hearing them without getting defensive Mm -hmm. um responding without needing to win Mm -hmm. and that's where people get lost they're like but i need to win right you know um i need it's people look at a fight as a competition right and try just for kicks to lose an argument just to see and it's not such a bad thing well and and even let's redefine and focus on those words because i get so focused on words try to allow try to listen to your partner and and say okay because when you say lose an argument that may make people go oh Mm -hmm. you know but instead your partner has a something that they want to try or they want to do that doesn't really sound like something you'd normally do say okay i'll give it a try Mm -hmm. so maybe would what's the word we're looking for collaborate Mm -hmm. uh compromise give and take Mm -hmm. because lose sounds like win lose is that's not really what a marriage is, right? Win-lose? No. I mean, that's just the way my language is versus the way your yeah. language is. Yeah. I get very... I know. I get very focused on the words, but I really think that people who are similar to myself, they feel those words, and the whole concept of losing something just doesn't feel right. Mm. But the the concept of, in you know, trading off or saying, this week we'll do what you want to do, next week you want to... You know, we need to hear what I need to do, or... Let's table this discussion so we can talk about it another time. You know, there's other ways. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. You look tired. That's Your eyes. I am tired. Are you tired? Yeah. Okay. Look, we'll do. We need to like. What can we do to wake up? Red Bull and vodka. No thanks. Vodka. That's not going to wake you up. I don't know. Whenever I say Red sleep. Bull, I say vodka. I don't understand Red Bull. I just don't. It's so it's a pick me up. It's I know it's, it's a like pick a, me up. It's like your coffee it, in the morning. Well, but coffee tastes good. So does Red Bull. Red Bull does not taste good. Sure. How sh- do you feel after you have a few Red Bulls? You feel like a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah, there's not that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, I guess not. But well, I don't like that feeling. I got a little tingly after I had it and I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not drinking it tonight. Okay, cuz we'll probably go to bed soon. Um so anyway, yeah, so it is tonight. So we're taping at night. It's 9.51 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) We have one of those days. We had one of those days. We're fitting it in. We usually do it in 10 10 o'clock in the morning. Now we're doing 10 o'clock. So we're kind of lively 12 hours later. Okay, so... Sometimes you don't get our best. Sometimes you get our second best. But you know what? This could be our best... I think this is the best show we've ever done. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever in the history of Zen Parenting. Okay, so let's talk about disengagement. All right, Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Okay, so... 
I am giving her credit for this word because I read this in her book. It was at the very beginning. And she talked about how just the, how disengagement is sometimes one of the most insidious things that can happen in a family. The reason why is if there is something that happens in a family where a, one of the partners is mean to the other one or, or cheats or does something like lies and it's very literal or overt action. There's an overt action. It's very easy to point to that thing and say, that's why I'm angry. That's what our problem is. Let's focus on this. Let's learn how to trust each other. And then you can continue on. The concept of disengagement is where there's almost like you break the trust starts to break down because you kind of just don't care anymore. Detach from the you marriage de- without actually detaching. Yeah, you're you're not emotionally there anymore. Mm-hmm. You're you don't ask about anyone's day anymore. You kind of don't care, or you ask and you don't listen, or you just show up when you have to, and you're just not physically, you're not emotionally, spiritually there. So a, a spouse may say to the other, a partner may say to the other. I just feel like you don't care anymore. And the other one will say, but I go to work every day. I come home. I'm here for dinner. You know, I took the kids to school. What else do you want from me? Mm. But you know there's something else going on. Right. You just feel like there's something. I'm actually going to read something from her book. Am I being a hypocrite because I get mad when Sometimes. you read? Will you let me do this without, sure. without guilting me? I'll compromise. Me? All right. There you go. You're going to let me win? That's right. Um, okay. Winning. So... The, talking about being disengaged and the, the idea, I'm not reading it from the book, but the idea that with children, actions speak so much louder than words. And we've talked about that, like the whole concept that children don't learn by listening to what we say. Children learn by watching us and experiencing us and feeling us. So what this book says, one, one paragraph is, with children, act- actions speak louder than words. And when we stop requesting invitations into their lives by asking about their day, asking them to tell us about their favorite songs, wondering how their friends are doing. Then children feel pain and fear, not relief, despite how our teenagers may act, because they can't articulate how they feel about our disengagement when we stop making an effort with them. They show us by acting out, thinking, maybe this will get their attention. So that's negative uh, negative seeking? It. That's negative neg- attention seeking. Right. And so the point of that is, is again, that's about children, which, oh, sorry, drop my pen. Um, which is probably, you know, this is Zen Parenting Radio. So we're talking about relationships with our children. But that disengagement happens in partnerships, too. Mm-hmm. And that can be the most painful and, uh, like I said, insidious, most... What's the other word I'm looking for? I don't know. But I think what you're getting at is let's say that you're the that I'm the one that basically withdraws from their... I'm disengaging. Right. And because I'm not hitting you and I'm not screaming at you and I'm not yelling at you... Right. But... But, but I feel it. Right. But but then I say, hey, I pick the kids up from school and I do all, I say all this. this. So then you start thinking, well, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm crazy. crazy. Exactly. Maybe I am the crazy one and I'm the pain in the butt. And what's wrong with me for thinking this way? And, and maybe subliminally or subconsciously, subconsciously, I am purposely doing that to you. And you, you are by the fact that you've disengaged. You pulled out of the relationship. Mm. I think this is probably one of the most common things that happens in couples therapy and I did more couples coaching than I did couples therapy well I guess I did some couples therapy too when I was at children's but the point is is that tends to be the thing where the person one of the people sometimes both 
tend to just they kind of just shut down mm-hmm. and they numb out in a in a major way and they just go through the motions of their day and they go through the motions of the relationship and they're no longer engaged they no longer care they're detached like Tommy Lee Jones and Meryl Streep in yes, that movie that's a perfect example in Hope Springs yeah. where they're going through the motions and he's like everything's fine what what's your problem and she feels that they are not connected anymore. He can show her, like, hey, we go golfing. Hey, we're having dinner together. But they are not connected. There's no passion. Emotion. There's no, um, yeah. And I guess because we always try to give resources or tools to our listeners, so how do we make sure that that doesn't happen? I think just having this word. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, how do we make sure this doesn't happen? Make, That's no, no. bigger. I think you're on you're onto something there. Because to have the word is important you say you're disengaging and you know what that's, this happens that's with, something it is and this happens with you and i mm-hmm. like not in the i don't think neither of us have ever disengaged from the relationship but we have disengagement moments like sure. we have shared with each other times like you know we've talked about the sunset parenting the story about how when we moved into this house and you had your earphones on all the time and all you were doing was unpacking all you were doing was walking around and I would say to you, Todd, I just feel like I, you're not here. I feel like I'm not feeling you. And you would say, what are you talking about? I'm unpacking because the was, house. Yeah, because I was working nonstop to get this house in order. Right. So you're like, what do you mean I'm not here? I'm doing all these things. I'm doing them for you. Mm-hmm. But you weren't here. Right. You may have been productive, and mm-hmm. I'm putting that in quotes. You may have been doing things for me, mm-hmm. meaning you're or working for on us. for us. Right. But you weren't here. You had earphones on all the time. You weren't making eye contact with me. And that was just like a day. Well, and what's interesting, uh, this is a male-female thing. Um, and, and you're right. I was disengaged. Uh, but it's weird how women... Uh, now, I mean, men need to reconnect in that oh, way, yeah. too. But it's more, for for me, the women need to make sure that they're, they're connected. Like we talk about... Um, time spent together, like uh, shoulder to shoulder versus face to face. Right. Shoulder to shoulder is where you and I are kind of watching TV, and I feel like we're spending quality time together. Right. And face to face is when you want to sit across the table from me, and we talk about all the intricacies of our day and sharing and being vulnerable and everything else. And my male perspective is when we're watching TV together, that's quality time. It is. And yours is face-to-face, let's share our day and what's going on. And I think it's very common for this in uh, certain relationships. I agree with you. I think it's very common. And and you may disagree with me when I say this, but I think because I talk about emotions all the time Mm -hmm. and because I am, and when I say I'm constantly engaged, I'm not saying, oh, I'm the greatest partner. I'm just saying this is who I am, Mm -hmm. that you don't know what it's like to have a disengaged partner. No, I have no idea because you're always sharing. You're always vulnerable. And these are wonderful traits. Right. So I don't know what it's like. Right. And my point is not to say, not to get a pat on the back for it, but I think if you were to feel what it's like to be disengaged with someone. You should throw me a curveball and like one week just oh. decide to completely detach from no way. this and just because I would probably have to make a shift. Well, you would feel it. And that would be where when you say, then when you'd say something like, well, we're on the couch watching TV, you would be able to feel, you know what? You have felt my disengagement when I used to be really passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I would say, no, I don't want to talk about it. Well, that's because we had a fight. But that's still disengagement. Oh. And how did that feel? 
bad. Awful. Right. And so even though it wasn't like disengagement from, I wasn't pulling away from the relationship in its entirety, because there's some people who disengage for years. Mm -hmm. This was just like a couple days. But my point is, is that there was a time in our, yes, and that's disengagement. Well, and, and I can appreciate that, but I think the difference between the original example you gave is like nothing happened, whereas in our personal example is we had a fight about something and you'd get quiet and, and I would get very uncomfortable. But see, here's the thing. We I, we often wouldn't have a fight. You would get in the car and say, is everything okay? And I'd be like, yep, everything's fine. Yep. But something happened. It did, but did you know what it was? No, okay. that's why I would have to ask. But that's happened. my point. Is is My point is, is that you, we didn't have a big fight. Right. You knew you felt something was wrong, mm-hmm. and I then would say to you, "Well, or like maybe if I had three guesses, I'd probably get it." But I, I honestly would not be able to put my finger on why you would. Tra- and you correct. don't do this anymore. No, but, I don't. But there is a time when you did, and I'd be like, "She's either mad about last weekend, or the what, or a comment I said about something." It was usually about some. And again, I can't remember specifics. It really has been years, thank mm. goodness. But there'd be things like, "Okay, the the we've talked about this on the show before. We're at lunch and." you take a phone call from Charlie and you talk to Charlie for 10 minutes while we're at lunch and then you say you get off the phone and you continue on like nothing happened so I internalize that and then when we get in the car you're like are you okay fine fine and so I have this I used to have this way of making you feel bad without saying what was really bothering me Mm -hmm. you and I have have worked through that where now I would say why are you on the phone I would never say you're a jerk well that's my language okay I would what say you you're on the phone was with Charlie. Completely inappropriate. Totally. Like, why are you not looking at me? Right. You know, why are we not having a conversation? And that's not always comfortable. You and I aren't like so highly evolved that we don't get uncomfortable when each other says things right. like that. You get annoyed at me if I say something sure. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're trying to work through. One thing. Oh, oh you know what? We should say something about Dr. Kelly. It's, yeah. They're a chiropractor. Tree of life. You know what I was going to say about Dr. Kelly is that she is actually going through a training right now to specialize in uh, kids' chiropractic. Oh, I didn't know and that. And the thing that's so great is she's already fantastic. She's already like completely specialized in that area. Yeah. But she's getting even more... Um, education and even more like training in that area and I love that she's I just, sharpening the saw always and shouldn't we always sharpen the saw and everything right. we're doing but I just loved that she was telling me what she was doing and she's like I already basically do this all the time I'm already licensed to do all of this right. but I'm just getting more training so right. I just wanted to share that so Dr. Dr. Kelly, Kelly uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care chirotree.com 6309418733 make time to take care for yourself Healthy families by choice. Not by chance. Uh, 630-941-8733. Tell them Zen Parenting sent you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where the heck were we? We were still talking about disengagement. We were. What I, was, what I wanted to say was the fact that I think that with our partner or with our children, that can be one of the most cruel things we can do because it leads the other person to think they're crazy or wrong. And so it's a double whammy. Hmm. It's I'm going to disengage from the family. I'm going to not give you the emotional support you need because what what is love? See me, hear me, validate me, know me. And if you disengage, you're not doing any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and from a male-to-female perspective, I would say women... Ask for what you want. Like, yes. Because early on, you'd do the passive-aggressive thing until it got so uncomfortable, then we would just kind of have it all out. We'd right. have like a big, long discussion. Well, I... we were going, we were working with our teacher then, and she was kind of a mediator yeah. for us in that way where she would kind of help us talk through those things, and we learned tools to do that. Right, right. So yeah. anyways, that would be my advice to the women. Ask for what you want, 
and say what you think and in a non-judgmental way if that's possible well say your truth like if your husband or your your partner is, is on the phone and you're feeling not seen you have to say when you're on the phone i feel not seen right. don't make up a big story about it don't come up with 10 other reasons just say it right and it's uncomfortable initially because the person usually comes back with a little defensiveness and say you're right about this and that and this i'm just telling you how i feel mm -hmm. and then usually after that deflates a little bit everyone's heard you know there's no way to do this without some discomfort right. is what i'm trying to say is what we're always trying to do is avoid discomfort right and these any solution there's always a little bit of pain right in getting through to the other side right, right. to get through all the sludge and the garbage and everything else yes. is you can't expect it to be all glorious while you're going through a problem while you're working through something and we can say that it gets easier mm -hmm. i mean we've brought up some pretty serious topics in the last six months or so that we worked through pretty darn mm -hmm. fast mm -hmm. and that was because there was trust there we knew we could and because i know you'll listen to me and vice versa we had already kind of set that mm -hmm. Uh, foundation right. where some bringing up something even more difficult is doable. Well, and we always talk about, you know, I always like to give tools or resources, but... I feel know. like I should tickle you because you look so tired. Really? Tickle, tickle, tickle. Okay, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> um, go out on dates. And we, yeah. talk, we say this all the time, but you can't expect to... Like, you know, it's easy. When you first get married, it's easy mm -hmm. because everything is new. And then we've been at this for 10 years and you need to invest time and resources into the marriage regardless of the kids mm -hmm. remove the kids from the situation and work on your marriage and if it means going to the restaurant once every two weeks just to have one-on-one -on -one time that's what you need to do but a lot of times we decide to give all of ourselves to our kids and it's going to come back to bite you as soon as your last kid goes to college yeah or even before that you're going to be in trouble yeah if you're lucky maybe you make it that long yeah you know there's it, it sometimes happens faster and when it comes to the children um you know this is something that if anyone watches oprah they hear this all the time but something that she uh, tony morrison was on her show and she made the point of saying that what children want what all children want is when they walk in the room do your eyes light up? Mm -hmm. Do you see them? Do you know who they are? Do you love them? Do you care about what's going on with them? That's what they want. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I was just talking to my friend Jenny about this this weekend, sometimes you know what they want and you're just too annoyed to give it. Yeah, you don't want to give it to You them. don't want to give it. Sure. And those are my moments where I know I need to be alone. Yeah. Like I was telling you that um, before I went away, this weekend, I went away for a day and a half to be with my girlfriends, and I knew I needed to get away because I was not responding well to things anymore. That were, I, I, I was at my limit. They were driving you up a wall. They were driving me crazy. Your tank was empty. And I could not, and, and anytime they'd want something, I'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, it was, I was so exasperated all right. the time. So it was really nice to kind of come back where I'm really asking them the question, how was today? How was your play date? Tell me about what you did. And I really want to know. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, it just seemed like just the biggest chore. So you have to give yourself that break to be able to be there for them and listen and see them. Well, and I don't know if I want to go into this tangent, but I'm going to anyways. We know um, certain moms that don't get a lot of help from their partner because their partner is working all the time. Yeah, and travels 60, sometimes. 60, 70, right? 80 hours a week or whatever. And I feel so bad for those moms who are going at it completely alone. Yeah. And, you know, and there's single parents out there single too, parents, Like, yeah, but it, the single parents are like, there, it really is no choice. Right. 
but there's an acceptance there's an in ex- that. Well, because they're single parents, right? But there's uh, we see examples of certain moms that may as well be single parents. Yeah. And the only advice I have is, dads, get off your butt <laughs> and invest in your family. But moms, call your husbands out mm-hmm. in a respectful way and say, "I can't do this alone," mm-hmm. and because we've seen it. Yeah. And it's not healthy. No. There's no balance. And the thing is, is that the partners will usually say, but I have to work. I have to be at work this many hours. And I, we know, I'm not oblivious to that. There's some truth to the amount of work we have to do, but there's also choices. Well, and if You have to at, teach people how you treat And you, if it's at the you. expense of your marriage and your family. It's not important it's enough. It's not important enough. Yeah. Talk to your boss saying, listen, I, I got to cut back from 50 to 45 hours. Yeah. I need to spend an extra five hours at home, whatever it is. Right. But the the idea that, hey, I painted myself in this corner, so there's no getting out. It's not true. I don't accept that. And that's just because I say that now. I mean, I've said that to myself plenty of times, but right now, I don't accept that. Right. What have you said to yourself plenty of times? Well, there's times when I'm in a world of lack. I'm in a place of lack. Yes. And I, I just don't think there's any way out. Yeah. But there's always a way. There's out. always a way. But you're out. right. When we're in that place of lack, we can't see it. Right. But you're right. There's always a way. So um, I totally agree. And I, you know, again, I'll say it again in different words, but the same concept. The biggest gift we can give to the people we love, our partner, our children, our extended family, is see and hear them. Mm. That's all people want. What love is is being able to. Can I tell a quick story that sure, I just saw? Because I was just. <laughs> we got hours. Well, I was just watching Oprah talk to Nate Burkus, and it was on Super Soul Sunday, and I TVO'd it, and I was just watching it. And he was talking. He was talking about his partner um, who died in the tsunami, and he was talking about their love and how amazing it was. And he said, the reason that one of the reasons they knew they had a connection is. Fernando, his uh, partner, was a photographer, and he was able to take pictures of Nate, and the pictures reflected exactly who Nate, the best of Nate, mm-hmm. like who he always wanted to be, the greatness in him, the goodness in him. Fernando captured it, mm-hmm. and he said it was kind of like a metaphor for their relationship, right. that he felt his best and felt most like himself with Fernando. And that's love, because Fernando was able to see him and the best of him doesn't mean that nate doesn't have any negative qualities doesn't mean that fernando doesn't have any negative qualities no but they knew that wasn't who they were those were just pieces well and to get personal is the reason i knew that we were right for each other is not because you made me the most happy person in the world which you did but it wasn't about that it was how i who i was when you were around Ah, you yes, know what I love mean? that. I love it because yes. if you just look at oh, they make me so happy. For me, that that's not what it was about. It was I was jovial and lighthearted and funny and in a good mood whenever you're around. So it was it was more my reaction to your presence. You were you were able to be the your best self. Right. You felt like your best self. Exactly. You felt like your exactly. best self. Um, and then the one thing that you... That's you, awesome. I you, love that fist, fist, fist bump, bump for that. Uh, Tony Morrison, that thing with when your kids your walk light, in your room, eyes light, up, light yeah. up. That's great advice. And I think it's easier with your kids because your kids are innocent and pure and awesome. Um, but we should try to do the same thing with our spouse. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's... Um, I think sometimes it takes more of an effort just because... You know, we're, we're in this to together yeah. and we're, we're just trying to survive this parenting thing. And, you know, you feel like you're just kind of on the same team. So you don't put on that pretty face. 
because it's not your kids. I don't know. Well, you know what? One of my mindfulness exercises is for that. And I actually, in in Chicago Parent, I have a column called The Self-Aware Parent. And this month, February's issue, I wrote a column about giving everybody in your family a hug every day. And that that's a mindfulness practice for me is that... I, and it doesn't just happen once a day usually, I make a point to hug everybody, even if it's annoying, and, you know, just stop for a second and hug. And sometimes with you, I'll hug and you'll do the man hug thing where you just pat me on the back. Yeah. And yeah. I'll say, no, I I want a real hug, you know, like, and, and you're busy sometimes and sometimes you may enjoy it and sometimes you don't. But my point is, the reason I come hug you is I want to be like, I see you and I know you're standing here and I love you. Right. So that's my... Um, that's my intention. I, and sometimes it's cause I need you by me because mm-hmm. I'm feeling whatever sad or heavy or whatever. So sometimes there's more of a personal need, but most of the time, you know, when I'm hugging the girls, it's like, I see you come over here for a second. I need to give you a hug. Like just, I'm, I'm aware of your presence. Mm-hmm. That's all. And, and hugs may work for you. Um, or something else. It's One to Grow On by Kathy Adams. <laughs> we were watching some of those the other Remember night. Remember the One to Grow Ons in Saturday Morning Cartoons? Your favorite is Michael J. Fox. It's because Michael J. Fox is awesome. I know. Tootie did one. Who else did them? Uh, Punky, Punky Brewster. Brewster. But she was way off. She was too young. She wasn't reading the cue cards, yeah, right? Yeah, like how's a seven-year-old supposed to give you One to Grow On? Her whole like inflection was off. Oh. It was like she was reading it wrong off right. the cards. But yeah, One to Grow Ons were pretty good. And what about the... Um, come back years. Yeah, those are that's something completely different. That wasn't you showed that to me, and I didn't. That think was that, on snippets. I know, but what's that got to do with one to grow on? What about yuck mouth? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear. You'd it. never seen yuck mouth it, before. It, it, yes, it came back to me when I saw. It. Okay. What about my tournament of bad? Okay, go, go for it. So I was at a restaurant yesterday, and for some reason, whenever you go to a slightly fancier than normal restaurant, they don't give you the ketchup bottle. They give it to you in those little Yeah, the little things. Dishes. I know, the dish. And, and we I, always have to ask for like 12. Yeah, well, and that's what I did. And I just can't stand that because I'm a ketchup fanatic or a ketchup-aholic. Person. I'm a ketchup person. <laughs> and so for all you fancy restaurant owners out there that listen, I'm sure there's at least one of the many that listen to our show. Just give me the bottle of ketchup. Just give me some ketchup. Give me some ketchup. And then I had another one here. Let me see. Where is it? Um, can I say something about ketchup while you're looking for it? Sure. The fact that Todd won't put ketchup in the fridge. And so my mother had to change her way of dealing with ketchup. Because in my family, we always put ketchup in the fridge. And my mother loved Todd enough to start keeping her ketchup out of the fridge and putting it in the cabinet to please him. That's right. She was just mentioning that in the car the other day. She's like, your husband made me change what I do with ketchup. Well, here's my take. I- Whenever I think of ketchup, I think of French fries. Okay. And I don't want cold ketchup on my hot French fries. It's not like it's a hot fudge sundae dynamic where the hot and the cold are good together. I need my fries to be hot, and I need my ketchup to be lukewarm. The pool is Luke. The pool is Luke. The pool is Luke. Um, (laughs) The grill is hot. Whatever. So, um, so. So, yeah, I don't want cold ketchup. Okay. And then my other thing, this wasn't even a tournament pad, but whenever, um, for on my birthday when I was growing up, my mom would make whatever they wanted for dinner. Um, you you'd know, it's my birthday, get I'd get fries. to choose. Yeah. I would get steak and fries, steak right. and fries, steak and fries. And my brother would, and I thought this like was a joke he was playing on me because like, why would you want anything other than steak and fries for your favorite birthday dinner? And he would ask for like, I don't know, like pot roast and mashed potatoes. Ew. And, like, why – and I honestly still to this day I don't understand why he did that. I feel like he was playing a 
dirty well, trick Well, because on he me. doesn't like the same foods you like. I know, but steak and fries. Like, it can't be any better than steak and fries. To you. To me and to anybody else that's smart. No, because there are, I have a girlfriend um, who loves things like chicken pot pie, and I don't understand that at all. Yeah, but I can't see it. saying, Mom, get me a chicken pot pie <laughs> for my... Hey, that's from Breakfast Club. Shut up. Go make me turkey pot pie. That's right. That's right. Johnny. I right. um, had a tough life. What about Avid Company? Okay, Avid. They, um, it's uh, Avid. <laughs> <laughs> They're running a, uh, a um, President's Day special. Um, yes, even though this, you'll hear this after President's Day. You know what I will say about Avid? Because we, we love them. Obviously, you guys know that by now. But I was just driving down Spring Road in Elmhurst, and I saw Jeremy in a driveway of someone in Elmhurst and I wanted to yell out the window and be and like you should have I know I should have but I was like driving on St. Charles and I didn't want to like stop traffic to yell at Jeremy and I didn't want to scare him so for you first time listeners who don't know what Avid is they do painting and remodeling um, and rehabbing all over Chicago and they're so good and professional and we love them 630-956-1800 avidco.net and then the last thing I'll say is that I had a meeting with my producer last week, and he always gives me advice on how to increase my listenership, Okay, our listenership. We love the fact that you guys like our stuff that we post on Facebook, but if you really want to help us out, share our stuff. So share so, our stuff or our show? Well, share our show is, would be the best thing they can do. Okay. So whenever they see our show posted... On our page? Don't click like. Click share. Okay. If, if I'm going to be a greedy person, which I am from time to time, right? Share our our podcast. Our show. Oh, yeah, if, if you, especially if you've listened to it and you liked it, because then you can authentically. Even if say, you don't like it, just keep <laughs> sharing it. Share For Todd, it over and over. For Todd, and last thing, um, a few things. I started my retreat, um, so the retreat is is often kicking. Um, you just said often kicking. Uh, well, you know, it's often running. It's often running. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's often running. And also um, books. I have two books, Self-Aware Parent 1, Self-Aware Parent 2, $20 on my website, kathycadams.com, or you can find them on Amazon, but they're too expensive there. So get them on my website. That's right. They're not too expensive, but they're more expensive. Save yourself some bucks. Two for 20. Yeah, two for 20. That's just a deal. It's chump change. Chump or chunk? It's chump change. Chump Chump or chunk? Chump change. I can't hear you. Chump. I can't hear you. What does that mean, chump? You're a chump. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're done. Bye-bye. Bye. Everybody have a good week.